1: There's only one nation, Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black Tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
2: All right, everybody, welcome back. Silver and Black Tonight. Of course, we are Southern California's only nation. All Raiders talk show, that's right. Raider Nation, you need a place to go, and this is the place on Friday nights. We welcome you back, as always. Scott Colbranson with you. Got a jam-packed show. Two great guests tonight. We're going to talk all about Raiders football. OTAs, again, underway in Las Vegas, in Henderson, on Raiders way. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about uh, Devontae Adams in his silver and black the rest of the crew uh, we also heard this week from Hunter Renfro what's going on with his contract. We're going to talk about all of that. A reminder, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SNB today, SNB the letters today uh, where you can uh, interact with us there on Twitter. You can also follow me on Twitter at LV Gully, uh, and we'll uh, we'll get that stuff out there as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for watching us on YouTube. yes, we simulcast the show up on the YouTube channel, so you can check that out as well. Uh, But let's run down who is on the show, what we're going to talk about tonight. First up is the great Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. She's going to tell you why she picked Hunter Renfro as one of the most underrated, underappreciated, I should say, players in the NFL. And and listen, Raider Nation, I, I don't need to tell you, you know this. You talk about this all the time. And, of course, we're talking Hunter Renfro contract, but Cynthia is going to come on. She's going to tell us, you know, she's the data, the data expert. She's going to tell us why she thinks that Hunter Renfro is one of those guys, one of the most underappreciated players in the AFC. So we'll get that from her as well. Then joining us after the first break will be our good friend Uncle Hondo. That's right, Hondo Carpenter. If you're a longtime listener. Uh, you know that Hondo uh, started out coming on the radio with me when I was at Raider Nation Radio in Las Vegas. And even before that, uh, he is a good friend, and he's going to be on to talk about OTAs. He's been out there at the practice facility in Henderson watching, and we're going to get his impressions. We'll also hear from him on the Hunter Renfro situation, as well as a lot of you out there. Listen, you're all asking, too. Well, you got to take care of Hunter Renfro, but you also want to take care of Darren Waller. Now, I said weeks ago on this show, uh, when Mo was on, that we need to take one at a time. Now I don't think you can lock both those guys up, and I don't think you have to, because if you look at Darren Waller, he he signed a new deal a couple years ago. He's got a couple more deal years on that one. I would let Hunter Renfro uh, get him in the in the mix first, because to me, I love I love Darren Waller. He's the number two tight end. Maybe he could become the number one tight end this season uh, in the NFL, but injuries. He just has had issues with injuries. So I'm totally fine letting him play one more year, letting him know if I'm the Raiders and I'm Dave Ziegler, I'm saying to him, hey, listen, We're going to take care of you. Let's talk now. You know, I'll talk with your agent. We'll, we'll, we'll start working on something. But I would not have a, a hurry up approach to it right now with Darren Waller. That's nothing against Waller. Again, let me say it again for those people who are going to spout off saying that I, I said we should get rid of Darren Waller. No, it's not. What I'm saying is the Raiders need to take care of Hunter Renfro first. He is the most... Um, serious priority right now because of his contract situation right he's going in the last year you need to take care of him Darren Waller's got two and and heck you can even sign Darren Waller mid-season if you want uh, if he's doing really well and he's and he's not injured but I I think you have time with Darren Waller and see how things flesh out because you have other needs as well but I would love to see Darren Waller I would love to see uh, Hunter Renfro in the silver and black for a long time to come Right. So there's all those dynamics going on. Then there's also free agents. The Raiders still need to plug up some spots. We don't know what's going to happen with the offensive line. Uh, We probably won't know some of these things, too, as well uh, until after camp begins and attrition injuries. You know, God forbid anybody gets injured, but it happens. And so I think you're going to see that a little bit uh, with this team as well. So so we'll have to see. They have needs. Right. They have needs, and so we're going to have to check out and see what happens there as well. Um, but I also remind you go read uh, up on sportsnot.com where uh, my co host, Mo Moten, who's on his summer hiatus, he will be back. He wrote a piece on the top five free agents that the Raiders should target after June 2nd, right? Which was this week. So if you look at that piece, there's some good examples of, I think, some of the players that the Raiders can can go after to help continue to build this roster. The AFC West is undoubtedly the best division in football now. The Chargers have a lot of good players. The Chargers have a pretty loaded roster. Now, the Chargers have had a loaded roster in the past, and they never win. So, so that's not indicative of a team to win, but you have them, you have Denver, uh, again, uh, and Kansas City, who I think Kansas City is on the downward trend, but you can't ever underestimate Mahomes. I don't care what you guys say. I know you don't like the Chiefs being Raiders fans, but I will tell you that, that Patrick Mahomes has talent, and if he finds it, if he starts to improve again, um, they're going to be tough. So any, any way you look at it, the vision's going to be tough, but the Raiders uh, are in a good spot, and they can get better still, uh, depending what's out on the market, so we'll have to see with that one. Uh, but I think we're going to talk about this guy. We're going to talk about Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, is he one of the most underappreciated players in the AFC. That's the topic on the table right now. All right, joining us now is, of course, Cynthia Freeland. She is the analytics expert at the NFL Network. You catch her on NFL Fantasy Live, where I've gotten great advice from her on Sundays as I'm getting ready to set my lineup, as well as game day morning. Uh, And so I'm a religious NFL Network Watcher on Sundays. Cynthia, thanks for being back with us here on Silver and Black tonight.
0: You got it. Thanks for having me.
2: All right. So let's jump into this one. Of course, I will tell you that Raider Nation, I mean, they love their team, period. You know this. You hear it all the time. But Hunter Renfro in particular, this fan base fell in love with this guy, this guy who uh, I used to have on my show weekly. We did a weekly segment with him, and uh, just a great, great young guy. Uh, and, and when you see him on the street, you think he's a science teacher at your local high school. He doesn't look the part of being an elite athlete, so to speak. But you wrote your piece about AFC's underappreciated uh, players, and you mentioned Hunter as one of those guys. Let's talk through, first of all, since, since you are uh, an analytics expert, talk about how you decided on these players that you named, how they were underappreciated, and kind of the, the, the formula that you came up with for that.
0: So with the exception of one player, there's one player who was a first-round pick. No one could have been a first-round pick. They can't have been to too many Pro Bowls, zero All-Pros, guys who maybe nationally, maybe not on your particular team are overlooked, but maybe nationally don't get as much love as they should given their elite levels of play so trying to find those mismatches between where are the people who you know you you again the fan base it's a little unfair right your fan base of course loves their players a little bit more but you know think about people who are in other fan bases and might not be as familiar with hunter renfro so trying to kind of shine a light on some of the players who maybe are more nationally underappreciated
2: yeah, that that makes total sense. And and when you look at Hunter Renfro, let's talk about what he does and 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 why he is so under well, why you la- named him underappreciated based on that formula that you came up with including uh, what he gets paid, where he was drafted and his production. But you look at Hunter Renfro and again, he's not a guy, he's not a flashy guy. He he's a he's a very nice guy. He's very kind of matter of fact. And so when he goes out and plays the game, though, uh, this guy is, is, is all over the field. He lines up in the slot, as, uh, as we know, but he can play all over the field. What is it about him and that, that kind of sneaky versatility that has kind of catapulted him into, I think, a role of being just one of the better guys in the NFL if you got to get the ball down the field?
0: Totally. So there's a couple of things that I looked at. One was what happened when he was a subject of a target. So lots of good things there. You sort of encapsulated that really well when it came to slot production, actually versatile production. His pairing though, when he's not the subject of a target. So when Darren Waller, for example, is targeted, or this year, and obviously we haven't seen it yet, but when Devonte <laughs> Adams will be targeted, why it becomes a much better value proposition for the other pass catchers when he's on the field. His ability to create separation, his ability to run routes in a precise way that allows the other people to have really like the defenses to not know which which pass catcher is good one that's the subject of the target so to me when you look at both of those things together that's where you get the hunter renfro is very very versatile very useful very productive obviously fantasy football players know hunter renfro but i'm saying that if you look in and factor in what he does when he's not The guy that's supposed to be getting the ball, it's super important. You don't get fantasy points for it, but he's great at it.
2: Yeah, and that, that's what that's what I think a lot of us have been talking about too, with the, the 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 excitement with Devonta Adams coming in uh for the Raiders and having that threat that they've not had uh in quite some time is what Hunter Renfro's able to do to not only take some of that uh the coverage away from, from Adams, but also for him himself. I mean, six hundred and thirty-four yards last year in that slot, but then when he lines up on the outside too, he gets good separation. I mean, I've I, I'm amazed because I've I've seen him run so many times in person and he's not incredibly fast, but I've never seen, at least for my in my experience, his cuts, his feet, what he's able to do in his route running is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, so the route running is the one that, you know, it's hard to, like, I've, I quantify it like a bunch of different dorky ways with computer vision, <laughs> like trying to figure out, like, does he get more separation on average running, like, you know, the whole route. So you have to obviously the shorter routes are going to have different levels of separation than the longer routes, right? The deeper routes. So you try to adjust it for each route along the route tree and what he runs. So it's really interesting to see like which ones he's very like consistently good at like arriving at the spot at the times expected to be there. That's kind of what Mm -hmm. I look for. So, you know, and the funny thing about like fast and speed is like, you know, consistency as long as you're not too slow consistency is more important. So if you look Mm -hmm. at the guys like, you know, like you look at guys like one that comes to mind that's not playing this year, but Calvin Ridley is a really good route runner because he's consistent. He's not as much of a burner on the field, that kind of guy. Hunter Renfro has that same profile, super consistent. He's seen it actually all the way since college. He was a really great route runner since then. So the consistency with which he runs the routes is great for timing. It makes Derek Carr able to then be like, okay, I can count on him in this to do this. And I know we can, we can get this done because your interior O line is still a problem, and it, you didn't really do much to address it this off season. So when you have consistency like Renfro, that's great because Derek Carr needs to put it to a spot, not necessarily have enough time to you know figure out some crazy other thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Again, Cynthia Freeland is our guest here. She is the uh, analytics expert for NFL Network. We're talking about Hunter Renfro. And Cynthia, the talk in Raider Nation right now is they want Hunter Renfro extended. They want him signed. He's going into the final year of his rookie contract. He's a value at just under $709,000. When you look at a market for a player with him in his production, what he's been able to do, especially last year, um, he's due for a big raise. Uh, Any idea for you what that market looks like now with how that wide receiver market got pushed up so much this offseason?
0: Well, I think we can all thank Christian Kirk for making a lot of the wide receiver salaries It's crazy because that one, <laughs> you know, it's one thing for Devontae Adams to get paid. It's another thing for someone with the perception of Christian, like just, you know, Devontae Adams, you're like, well, we kind of get it, all right, because he's right. had like, you know, double digit touchdowns for like his entire career, right? So It's just interesting, but I also think there's another force at play here that is really fascinating, and that's the impact that in college, the combination of the transfer portal and NIL are going to have on Mm skill positions like wide receivers. I think we're going to be in a little bit of a bubble. So if I'm Hunter Renfro's agent, I'm going in there and I'm calling up, you know, the, the. you know Dave Ziegler and saying like you know let's let's get started on this one because the guys in college are getting paid so much at the wide receiver position that they're mm-hmm. going to stay in college a little bit longer so you got to start to figure out like okay when does this when does this start to even out i mean there's a guy who's about i live in southern california there's a guy who's going to play at usc who's going to make more that he need to transfer from pitt he's going to make more than you know kenny pickett's going to make as a NFL quarterback, so yeah. that I think that it's, that those factors together are going to make a guy like Renfro like it's going to it's going to be costly. So,
2: yeah, it's 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 interesting times to say the least. The whole NIL stuff yeah. is 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 crazy, and and the market's going to change so much over the next couple of years. uh Cynthia, a couple other random Raider questions here. Uh, first of all, Darren Waller. So we're talking about Hunter Renfro. Everybody that follows the NFL knows the skill set that Darren Waller has. He's, first of all, got a great story, of course, what he overcame with substance abuse and all that stuff. But he's a fantastic athlete. He's a great player. He's a great receiver. Very hard to cover and to plan for. But he's had trouble staying healthy. He now is due for a raise, technically, if you look at what his production has been. Although the Raiders have to take care of some other issues. If you're the Raiders, would you prioritize signing him now? Uh, or with the two years left on his contract, do you take care of a Renfrew? maybe try to fix that offensive line and then maybe go to uh, Darren Waller next offseason and try to make good there?
0: You know, it's interesting because I think that, you know, the two year the two-year contract guys right now are all across the league asking for their contracts to be renewed a bit early. But if they were smart, and I think that most of them are, you got to look at when the TV money times up because Mm. the the next biggest package is what's going to happen with the Sunday ticket, Sunday ticket, wherever it goes, whomever is the next person to get it. It's not going down in price. It's going up. So, you know, maybe waiting would be advantageous just for Waller. And maybe that's a win-win for the team because there are some areas that need to be improved and some money needs to be kind of spent and allocated in those areas so that everyone succeeds. But I actually think it could be a win-win here because by the time then Waller is up, then the money then the, the salary cap for will have gone up. The salary cap will ceiling will have gone up. So you'll have a chance then to reset and see kind of and by the way, tight end marketplace is going to keep getting higher too because there are more pass catching versatile also blocking tight ends with the kind of skill set that's an up and coming spot in the in the roster and importance in the roster as opposed to you know before where remember I remember you know, Jimmy Graham several years ago trying to get paid like a wide receiver caused all these problems. It ultimately led to him leaving the Saints. So now you have more of a precedent for like the Travis Kelsey, these guys who have multiple contracts because they are such a f- effective and efficient pass catchers. So I think it's actually a win win as long as Waller's not like upset and doesn't want to play, but he doesn't seem to have that attitude, so right. I think it yeah. actually could be a win-win all around, because the O-line, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but the O-line needs some help. The interior O-line like, you needs you need some help. I'm not being mean.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, and, and here I'm going to put you in even more of a bind with Raider Nation now, is you look at this team, the AFC West, I mean, I know you guys are going to cover this all next season. The AFC West just went crazy this offseason. Everybody got better. You could argue the Chiefs, did they get better? Tyreek Hill's gone, maybe not. Maybe they're the odd man out. Uh, still a good team, though, and, and this team's going to be a knockdown drag-out. When you look at that division, though, um, I say it's going to be week-to-week and, and depending who's kind of hot at that moment, but when you look at that division, who sticks out to you, and where do the Raiders sit in that division for you?
0: Look, I, the Raiders' schedule is, like, you've got five away games in six weeks, something crazy, like, like the schedule is freaking brutal, like, <laughs> awful, awful, awful schedule, so... I mean that that's gonna make it's gonna be it's gonna come down to those fine points just like that because they're such they they all got better. I mean, I'm still confused about the Broncos. I understand that Russell Wilson is a very good quarterback, but there's some other questions on that team. I know they have a very good defense. I, I think it will I really think this one is like the most razor thin of margins. We're gonna have to see come OTAs. Like I got I'm afraid, not afraid, but I, I can tell you what I think. But I I mean, I really think all of these teams could end up with like nine wins. Not even kidding. Like all four. Yeah. And it's this like crazy tiebreaker solution, blah, 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 blah. Like all this, you know, like a carry the seven times this or <laughs> AFC West tiebreaker, blah, blah, you know, all these crazy scenarios because they think that it is such a, I mean, and it's, it's always funny because right now on paper, the chargers look so good, but then somehow the Chargers always like managed to like mess (laughs) it up somehow. So I'm not sure how, how it all works, but I I will say like, you know, having, having your quarterback, having Patrick, I saw Patrick Mahomes at the match. And I mean, he, he's, and I talked to his dad, which was actually really interesting. And, um, you know, he, he's, he can go, like, unconscious. Like, you saw him do it for half of the match if you watched any of that. Like, it's oh, it's yeah. really some, – it's something else. I mean, that is – like, seeing Tom Brady go unconscious and then seeing Aaron Rodgers, like, they're all crazy. But it's it's very hard to count out Patrick Mahomes when you have a quarterback of that caliber. Very hard.
2: Absolutely. No, I've said that all along. Cynthia Freeland, who she is the analytics expert, NFL Network. You can follow her on Twitter at C Freeland. Cynthia, as always, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it.
0: You know, I have to say one thing for you, and I do very much appreciate your time. I People think that I am not a Raiders fan, and that is that could be <laughs> true from the truth. First of all, I, Mark Davis is one of the kindest people I have spoken to, like in all of football. So generous, kind, will like, tell you anything that you want to know about. Like historical Raiders, like nobody loves him. But so my people are like, oh, you ha- no, no, I that is that is not true. I, I actually very much like the Raiders. I don't usually say I'm from Michigan. So I, I will admit that I'm a Lions fan, but yeah. I don't usually talk about my other preferences. But I'm a Raiders fan, people.
2: Well, it's, it's funny. So the, I've been hosting a Raiders show for five years, but I grew up in San Diego. I grew up hating the Raiders. Uh, I, I became a non-fan of prof- because of profession, right? I didn't, I didn't want to have any of that, and they left San Diego, and that was it for me anyway. So So there's still some Raider fans who do not forgive me for growing up a Charger fan, and Raider fans are so passionate, and they feel like their team doesn't get some national love sometimes. And I always say to them, I have a little bit of a tough love approach with it, which is, hey, you win – and when you win, and you win championships, and you start to move it deeper in the playoffs, then you get respect. Uh, so, so don't worry about it. I'm sure. And you've been on the show before, and everybody loves what you do there at the NFL Network, and we certainly appreciate it.
0: And I'm definitely um, week one. I'm going to come because so you're you're here. You're out here in Los Angeles, so yeah. I will be. And I expect to see lots of Raiders fans. Because,
2: <laughs> oh, so oh, you will. Crazy. They, they they call SoFi their vacation home, so uh, they'll, they'll be down there good. in force. Cynthia Freeland, thank you so much again for being so gracious with your time. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Well, there you have it, Cynthia Freeland. Great, great stuff from her, Hunter Renfro, uh, and her point about the Raiders' schedule and her point about also Darren Waller, good stuff. Uh, make sure you pass that around. Thanks for being with us here. We're going to take our first break when we come back. We're going to be joined by Uncle Hondo, Hondo Carpenter, Sports Raiders Maven website will be with us. We're going to talk to him about OTAs. How did it go out at Raiders uh, practice facility out in Henderson? He's going to tell us, so don't go anywhere as you are listening to silver and black tonight only here on the boomer the mightier 1090 espn radio up and down the west coast out into the mojave into las vegas this is raiders talk your way don't go anywhere Now back to Scott and Moe on Silver
1: and Black Tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
2: Welcome back, Southern California, your only All Raiders talk show. That, of course, is this show, Silver and Black Tonight. Scott Colbranson, I am your host. Welcome back, ESPN Radio, the Mightier 1090, the boomer up and down the West Coast. By the way, a hearty... Welcome home to Jim Rome. That's right. 12 to 3 in the afternoons now on the Mightier 1090 ESPN radio. Back where it started, back when he was on XTRA in San Diego, Extra uh, Sports 690 that morphed into the Mightier 1090 that morphed into what you're listening to now. So welcome back to Jim Rome. Happy to have him back on this show. Thanks for joining us back on YouTube as well if you're watching us there. Reminder, I want to tell you a little bit about something. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my shirt says Rock Mysteries, right? So I want to tell I'm excited about our new project, which is the Rock Mysteries podcast. You can check out rockmysteries.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there. The first season is in production now. It's almost done. I'm really excited about it. A non-commercial podcast. So we survive and the show will survive based on... The uh, the generosity of our audience. So if you go to patreon.com slash rock mysteries, you can join there. You can get early access to all the episodes. You get some swag, some stickers, some keychains, all kinds of cool stuff. You also get uh, individual access to us at the show, meaning that we'll have a private members-only events. And you also, again, get the early access to the episodes. Excited. The first season, we're going to explore the mysterious deaths of ACDC singer Bon Scott. The What some people believed was the murder, yes, murder of Kurt Cobain, as well as Nancy Spungen from, uh, of course, Sid and Nancy fame, if you're a Sex Pistols fan. Johnny Thunders, a little bit of controversy around his, his death. And Tupac Shakur, you say hip-hop, Tup- Tupac, that's not rock, it is rock. Tupac was rock and roll, it's all about rebellion, it's all about uh, uh, pushing the envelope, and he certainly did that. So we enjo- invite you to follow us on Twitter there, at... Uh, rock underscore mysteries so we appreciate that and uh, it's it's we're really excited about it it's not sports but if you're a music fan and you know from watching the show and listening to the show that I am also don't forget to subscribe to the show on po- on the podcast feed wherever you get your podcast you can also get the show here if you miss it live all right it's time to turn to OTAs that's right we're going to be talking Raiders OTAs and to do that we're bringing in our good friend my good friend That is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Raider Maven website, which if you don't read, we're showing it to you on the screen now. Okay, now we go back out to Henderson, and we bring in one said Hondo Carpenter. Of course, we like to call him Uncle Hondo uh he of course is the purveyor of the sports illustrated raider maven website if you haven't gone to read it check it out the coverage of otas he is out there you can follow him on twitter at hondo carpenter my friend it's so good to see you uh how's everything going out in Sonny henderson
1: well first of all it's good to be back on with you scott you do a great job and i appreciate both you as a colleague and a friend and all that you do my buddy Uh, It's been interesting seeing things and how they develop. You can clearly tell there's a new influence in the building, the way the players answer. You know, Nate Hobbs today was joking about where he plays, and he says, wherever the coaches tell me. And then you (laughs) follow it up with, well, what about this or that, wherever the coaches tell me. And everybody winks. We know what it is. It isn't a problem. Uh, You know, the media – a lot of the media act like they're entitled. They're not entitled. The Raiders' job is not to make my job easy. And then let me just say, they certainly have not made it difficult. They've been wonderful to work with. But their job is to win ball games. And so, if it if they think you know, giving doing something gives them a competitive advantage, they should do it. I would do it if I was Josh McDaniels. And uh, I think they've been great to cover. But it, you can certainly see uh, the different looks.
2: Well yeah, and that's what I wanted to delve a little bit deeper with you and we'll get into the OTAs and what you're seeing on the field from two miles away from what I've understood from from uh, other folks who talk about the distance between the media and the players on the field. Uh, but but that whole thing, I've been talking about it and Hondo being removed from it, not being out there as I have been in the past with you on that sideline, It just from the, from day one, it just seems as though the way uh, w- the way in which, this front office, this coaching staff does business is just different. And it feels with all due respect to former coaches and, and, and front office people, it just seems like it's a little bit more professional, a little bit more refined, a little bit more, uh, I think higher end. Is that the impression you get? I mean, you mentioned it just a little bit now, but what other tangible differences do you see?
1: Oh, I, uh, there's a myriad. I'll give you several of them, Scotty. First of all, you know not only is it how the players answer questions and and I want to say this they're not evasive they give tremendous answers to questions they're just not going to give away scheme things mm. and any things that could be changed but they're not evasive whatsoever the questions and the answers are good unless it's something that's going to give a tangible advantage you know in the past you know this raider press conferences were great because you never know what anybody was going to say <laughs> now You still get a lot of great answers, but when it comes to scheme and those type of things or anything that could be controversial, you know exactly how the answer is going to come out, and that's okay. Um, I'll give you a few more. Uh, I broke the story, you may remember, that Josh McDaniels wanted the job because of Derek Carr. There was a lot of people acting as if it was a done deal with Harbaugh. It never was even close to there. Josh McDaniels was on the radar early by Mark Davis and Josh McDaniels wanted Derek Carr. Now you can argue about whether or not Josh was wrong or right, but that was what he wanted. The fact the Patriots, when there were swirling rumors here that Derek was going to get traded. And I kept saying at sports illustrated, he's not even were very interested in trading for Derek Carr. So they wanted Derek And and you talk about differences. Now it comes in and they've been very emphatic. Derek's our guy. They said it again after Kaepernick had a workout. This is Derek Carr's team. And I think that's something, whereas in the past they made it clear it was Derek's team, there was always that people wondering, can you parse this comments, can you parse that? And they come on and say it's Derek Carr's team. Like it or not, that's what they're saying, and that's what it is. But there are other places. Um, they, uh, I also broke the story about um, the early training and how Josh McDaniels was spending immense amount of time in the classroom, more than some of these guys have ever seen. Mm. That's the Josh McDaniels way. He spends a ton of time. So for example, he will teach his guys why we do things. Let's go back for a moment to John Gruden. How many times in the red zone did we know what they were going to do? Mm -hmm. And then even last year after John was removed, how many times did we know what they were going to do in the red zone? And one of the things that makes Josh McDaniels a terrific offensive mind is there are things that he will do two or three times early in the game that he knows are going to fail. But it's where players get a look at a play in a formation so that in the fourth quarter or in a unique moment, they're going to run a play out of that formation that you never saw before. That's the Josh McDaniels way. He brings the players in and says, listen, here's the why. This is why we're doing it here. And they'll show them tape. This is what Kansas City does. This is what Los Angeles does. Watch how they bite here. We're going to let them bite early so we can beat them late. And I think that is something in talking to players off the record that has incredibly impressed them. I talked with several of the players about it today. Um, that they're very impressed with is how Josh is teaching the why. And here's the cool part. He's teaching the defensive players why we do things. Mm -hmm. Graham's teaching offensive players why we do things. They're understanding the Raider way now. One player said, you know, before it was clear coaches and players now – it's a team. We're in this together. We understand how he's going to call plays. We get how he's going to call plays. You know, they know. I believe it was Chandler Jones who said today, "You know, hey, we're all pros. We know everybody that's here now. It may have been Hunter Renfro. Is it yeah. going to be here? You know, when the season starts."
2: Yeah, and and H- giving- H- well, Hondo, I want I want to touch on what a point you just made about the why and understanding. Because Hunter Renfro, and a lot of people, of course, they run with it as as some big uh, um, burn against John Gruden. But Hunter Renfro talked about it in the press conference. He said, hey, we now know why we're running a play. We're not just running a play to run. So so that tells you that that different mindset and that different uh, teaching ability – and culture that they're building there, where the players understand it's not just a hey go do this. And again, that that whole level, and and even committing to Derek Carr and them coming out emphatically and saying it. Now, a lot of people would say that uh, that Gruden did that, but he really didn't. You know, Gruden was a master of kind of speaking out uh, both sides of his mouth, so you didn't quite know exactly what he meant. There's none of that with this crew. They they are very definitive and very measured with what they say and how they say it.
1: Yeah, I'll give you another one. There were rumors about a uh, Darren Waller trade, which I made one phone call and was told, absolutely not. You're not going anywhere. But people ran with it and ran with it and ran with it. I mean, Darren Waller wants to be here. They want Darren Waller. But back to the scheme thing, Scott, if you don't mind, I want to take you to a particular play. And if you you remember uh, back in, I I don't remember which Super Bowl – there was a play in which they ran the ball to the right, and every time Gronk would block down on the outside backer. So when it got to the fourth quarter, they ran the exact same play. This time Brady stopped, and rather than get rid of the ball, he hit Gronk, who faked a block on the outside linebacker, to go to the corner, and he was alone. They do a lot of that. Everything is schematic. They, they're willing to give up a series in the first quarter or in the second quarter that they think, okay, but we can come back to this play in the fourth quarter and score a touchdown. I was told by a former Josh McDaniels quarterback that they can have up to 15 different plays out of one formation. <laughs> think about that one. Amazing. Now, I'll give you another one, if you don't mind, real quickly, but you asked for examples. Yeah. In, in training camp, they install about 40% of the playbook. Under John Gruden, it was nearly 100%. The reason being is their playbook changes every single week. So they get the 40% of base plays in training camp. Then when they get into the week of the game, they put the play structure together for that team. And then what they do is add it to the playbook. So I've been told that that there have been teams with Josh McDaniels as the coordinator that in week 16, the first time they call a play that they learned back in training camp and they were expected to know it. Mm. Another thing that we talked about, they test the players every Friday. And if you don't test with a certain level of knowledge about the playbook, you don't play. I mean, this is a business approach. You don't, you're not gonna see as much of the banging of the bodies as you have before. They want these guys to be healthy. Yes, they're going to bang bodies. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of time in the classroom. They're very respectful of their veterans. Uh, One of the things that they do is, and and I I don't remember if it was Coach Carmen today that said it. I I believe it was. but matter of fact, I'm sure it was. But Carmen said, you know, these are professionals. You're not going to beat these guys into the ground, and I'm paraphrasing. You know, you're not going to rip and yell and, and get them to do what you want that way. They're grown men. You yep, teach yep. them and you, and you lead them, yep. and I think what the, here's the approach. Now, the approach is if you do anything to cause controversy, you're gone. Mm. Just do your job. I, I don't I don't know if you've been to the facility in Foxborough, but when you go in the door, the first thing it says. I've been there many times. Is do your job, and when you walk out, it says ignore the noise. Yep. They hammer to these players. Do your job and ignore the noise. But they also tell them don't. Make noise,
2: right? Yeah, and I know we've seen in, in previous years we've seen players currently on the roster get into arguments in social media. I don't think you're going to see any of that anymore. None of it. Yeah, and Hondo. So let's again, Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Hondo Carpenter. He's out at OTAs every day and in the facility every day as well, talking to players and coaches. Uh, Hondo, let's talk about on the field. I know the distance is great, and they're not going to show you a lot. But how much have you seen that approach differently, too, on the field? Talk about what you're seeing out there, what you're seeing with these new roster players, the Devonte Adams. We saw some video of him uh, this week, of course, out there at OTAs during the, the limited time that you guys are out there. But talk about sort of what you're seeing and the differences between the Gruden regime and now Josh McDaniels.
1: Great question, Scott. First of all, Uh, Under Josh McDaniels, it's very regimented. I mean, they know bam, 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 what they're doing. Mm. He wants to get those players in on the field, do all the work, and then let's go in and watch video and talk about it in the classroom. I can't reiterate it enough how much of a teacher that Josh McDaniels is, and he hired a staff of teachers. He wanted guys who understood how how to teach the game. So that's the first thing is they're very direct on teaching. Second of all is they bring in veterans and they bring in free agents who are tireless workers. One thing I have heard off the record from every player I've talked to who was on the roster last year, from Devonte Adams to Chandler Jones, on down to guys that, you know, Malik, you know, from, uh, who comes over, or excuse me, Matt Collins, who comes over from Miami is hard workers, mouth shut, brain open. They help each other. They're working with each other. Another player told me we're spending a ton of time together, getting to know each other, golfing, just being together. Um, he, he said even though the team was super close last year, has that same feeling of being really close, which is strange with all of the new bodies. Um, another thing I think that's helped this team is they brought in a lot of guys very familiar with the system, so they're that's able. Huge.
2: That's huge. To yeah.
1: Yeah, they're able to talk to guys. Um, you know, someone told me about Jarrett Stidham helping Derek Carr and just reading things. And listen, there is no quarterback controversy.
2: <laughs> no, Derek not Kyle at all. Is the man. Yeah, of course. But
1: Jarrett, but Jarrett is willing to help. And what's that say about Derek, who's willing to take the help? And you know, you saw. You, you I, one player told me about Brandon Bolden helping Josh Jacobs. Now, let's be honest. There's too many running backs. Mm-hmm. For that roster. No doubt. And there is a chance, although I don't think it's, you know, an eminent, there's a chance Josh Jacobs couldn't be on this team when this roster is released. Again, I'm not predicting that. You and I both know someone's going to go, go to Twitter, Hondo on <laughs> and show. But the point is, is you see these guys who are competing with each other still helping the team. And right. that's something that although you saw it last year, it's different. These are veterans helping veterans.
2: Yeah, no, that's phenomenal. And I think that, again, it goes back to the whole mindset, the whole culture that they're setting within the building, uh, which is just very different. I mean, we, we had the whole COVID stuff. And so it was it was hard to get close to the Gruden coaching staff and all that. But at the same time, there was it was just a different sense. There seemed to be a lot looser of an atmosphere. And to your point about being regimented on the field and all of that, no doubt about it. Honda, we got a couple minutes left, and, and while I have you, I want to ask you. You know, we're we're coming up on a time. Raiders did so well, as did everybody in the AFC West. Uh, it's going to be crazy season, I think, in the division. But the Raiders still have some things they want to address. They want to address some of that offensive line and see how some of the guys they have. They seem very confident that they can coach uh, Alex Leatherwood up. Uh, Josh McDaniels has said that uh, continually and and clearly thinks that he can do something there Um, but now after June 2nd as we've passed that date what do you think this team is going to be on the lookout for? What do you think is the next move? Of course, the the Renfro contract is out there, Darren Waller, uh, although I think they have another year if they really want to wait on that one, if they want to wait. But what do they do in the meantime? What would you think is the first thing or the first move uh, if they're going to look at any other free agents to bring in for camp when we roll around to July?
1: Uh, great question. First of all, you may remember I was the first to report that Derek was going to get his extension, And I can tell you now, I've been saying this for since they just about mm, four or five weeks after they got here. Hunter, they want to have Hunter's extension done by kickoff of the first game. Mm. Um, Darren, they don't feel like there's a huge sense of priority. The salary cap's going to take a big, huge hike next year. And so they know that they can give him that extension and have the money that he's going to command available at the end of the year. Derek's fine with that. Derek's not upset about his contract. But they also know they expect him to have a monster season this year. I can tell you, they are working him out of a flex a lot. That's mm. something you need to be aware of. You haven't heard that a lot, and uh, they're working him a lot out of the flex. But I want to—that's go what's going to make him deadly. I, yeah, I and, am,
2: and that's what's amazing. We're to... No, sorry, Honda, we're, we're we're out of time. But I I want to oh, say I right. think that's no, that's okay. I I want to say that uh, that's what's amazing, and I see that the confidence in the staff. And, and the staff they've assembled, frankly, is, is is pretty impressive. So I think that they're going to have an opportunity to do that. But, Hondo, as always, my friend, we appreciate you. We'll have you on much sooner. Again, you can catch Hondo, Sports Illustrated. Of course, we had Hikairu on last week, by the way. Hondo, I don't know if he told you. From Japan, he joined us. So he's working hard over there. But follow Hondo at Hondo Carpenter. You can catch him on Raider Nation Radio 2 with Clay Baker in the mornings. Uh, so, Hondo, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. We'll get you on again soon. Thanks, buddy. All right, we are out of time. This has been Silver and Black tonight here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you to Cynthia Friedland from NFL Network and, of course, Honda Carpenter for Sports Illustrated. We will talk to you next week, Raider Nation. Have a great week, and please be good to one another.
1: Thank you for joining us. Please catch Silver and Black tonight every Friday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.